0: well friends the fun continues here on news talk 840 KXNT Sam Rajovsky here your tour guide through the two o'clock hour here in beautiful sunny Las Vegas pleased to be with you you're listening to the what's right show let me get right to it so I I know we mentioned and talked about this yesterday the train wreck that is the PR disaster that uh, Biden engaged in yesterday uh, well so happy that his plans to reduce and mitigate the effects of runaway inflation are working at the same time of course markets uh, Market took a dive yesterday almost 1300 points uh so today uh, Biden's continuing with his uh, what do we call this Delusion, I think total denial about this. Uh, the reporter today asking him, Mr. President, can you tell us about the inflation report numbers today and the resulting dive in the stock market? And here is what he said. you
1: about the inflation numbers today and the resulting dive in the stock market. The stock market doesn't necessarily reflect the state of the economy, as you well know. And the economy's still strong, unemployment's low, jobs are up, manufacturing's good. So I think it's, uh, I think we're going to be fine. Are you worried about the inflation number, though, sir? No, I'm not, because we're talking about one-tenth of 1%. One and, you know, anyway, thank you.
0: Yeah, so we're just talking about one-tenth of 1%. One Meanwhile, everyone is feeling this. And by the way the inflation numbers are so large that what the market priced in yesterday and continues to price in as it well we had a little bit of a positive day today by a hair certainly didn't make up the losses of the past week let alone the past six months (laughs) but nonetheless the the market right now i'll tell you folks is terrified that the the feds are going to come in the federal reserve will come in and and do perhaps one of the largest Rate increases in the history, and or certainly recent history of the Federal Reserve. And what happens at that point? It becomes extremely expensive for all of us to get mortgages. And when you, you or any kind of financing, right? Rates go up. Suddenly, what does that do? Our purchase power goes down. For most Americans today that are suffering where their paycheck is not going far enough. The one thing that they have, maybe if they're lucky, is equity in their home. And that's the next shoe that's going to drop. I'll be candid with you, friends. I I don't think the pain has begun yet. We have seen certainly price drops. We see it here in Vegas. If you follow real estate, perhaps you're buying or you have one of those trackers set for your own home and you see that values are dropping, uh, certainly for homes that are on the market. I'm seeing a lot of downward arrows indicating price reductions these are voluntary drops that sellers are putting in place because they aren't getting enough interest at the price that they have their their home on the market for so they're 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 putting in voluntary price drops that will only increase and get worse if rates continue to rise and the Federal Reserve absolutely under Powell has signaled that they intend to fight inflation they're not nearly as rosy as the president now what I I'll just remind you that yesterday there was a huge party at the White House and Biden was talking about how the inflation Reduction Act that he signed into law was a great thing and this was just to remind you again this was yesterday afternoon at the White House this is Joe Biden
1: Exactly four weeks ago today, I signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law. A single most important legislation passed in the Congress to combat inflation and one of the most significant laws in our nation's history, in my view. I said it then and I'll keep saying it. With this law, the American people won and special interest lost.
0: Yeah, OK. Meanwhile, as he's saying this on the Chiron, on the TV, you've got you've got what the stock market's doing. Basically, (laughs) the economy is a dumpster fire. And by the way, you know, he talks about the job numbers being high uh, low. Pardon me. So, you know, high high employment, low unemployment. Talks about manufacturing being up. What we're not talking about is the looming strike, both UPS and the railroads threatening big strikes this is going to impact an already frayed supply chain this is we are headed at a disaster this guy's asleep at the wheel he wants to cheerlead this it got so bad that even CNN actually cut away from the speech cut away from it and acknowledged that there you know maybe was a little bit of a problem with optics this is the exact moment that that happened so
1: I thank the Republicans who stood up
0: Okay, you're listening there to President Biden at the White House. He's celebrating the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. He says that he's been fighting big pharma for decades. Um, But there is this unfortunate split screen right now with the Dow taking a total beating down more than twelve hundred points. And so it feels like uh, it's hard to be celebratory for some people in the crowd. And I, by the way, need to remind folks uh, and we know this, right? You, You and I, we understand that that price controls, they don't work. You know, what he's crowing about here, uh, capping fees for prescription medication. Look, it doesn't matter what the commodity is, whether it's medication, whether it's gas, electricity, whatever it is, whatever the commodity is, you, you go in and you start to mess with the price and set limits, artificial limits, what sellers of those goods can charge, and you run into problems. Fundamental problems because it disrupts the equilibrium balance in supply and demand. The way our economy regulates itself is because we allow sellers to buy things and set, well, sell things and set a price that a willing buyer is willing to pay. And by the way, this is an entire myth about prescription drugs, but it's a and it has to do with insurance, it has to do with how uh, those drugs rates are actually negotiated by carriers and by the federal government. But this is getting into and pushing price caps as a solution to inflation will only restrict the supply, ultimately, of these drugs. So, by the way, we'll flash forward a year from now, and we're going to have, we're going to have drugs, prescription medications that are impossible to get. And it's all going to tie back to this bill. Mark my words, that's a promise. So even CNN, though, is going, hey, OK, we're, we're not going to keep showing the president here because this is starting to look ridiculous. Uh, and Biden's looking bad. So we're going to have to carry some water for him here and and uh, say, oh, you know, this is uh, maybe kind of a bad look. This is absolutely horrifying. Uh, what does it mean for us? I, I, I look, friends, we, we have a government right now is working against our interest. You know, what needs to happen right now, obviously, the, the pain. Of inflationary spending. All the stuff we did, shutting the country down and then attempting to stimulate our way out of it, helicoptering in free money, we are feeling the pain of that. I know as an employer, by the way, this is still part of the problem with under, you know, unemployment being so low, it's difficult to fill positions. That in and of itself is actually a drag on this economy. And many of you who have small businesses or work as managers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is hard to find people right now. And so I I look at that, I look at that employment number and it, it actually is not in and of itself a good thing. But remember, during COVID, there was so much stimulus money out there. There was so much free money dropped into the economy. that prices had to eventually go up, and this is exactly what we're seeing. Now, speaking of that big spending, you know, Biden thinks that spending, you know, big and spending our ways out of messes is exactly the right way to go. And here he's exactly talking about this, lowering the deficit because, you know, people are going to, quote, unquote, pay less for prescription drugs. And, and this is him getting it exactly what he thinks is going to be a solution. And it's not. And it is nothing short of horrifying.
1: This bill alone is going to lower the deficit by three hundred billion dollars over the next decade. Because it's going to charge pay less for prescription drugs. And that's on top of. The $350 billion will reduce the deficit my first year, $350 billion reduction. And for this, for this fiscal year, a $1,500,000,000 reduction in the deficit. So I don't want to hear it anymore about big spending Democrats. We spend, but we pay.
0: And here is CNBC analyst Rick Santelli explaining that this is exactly the wrong way of, of going about all of this.
1: The thing that really bothers me with regard to inflation is everybody here on this panel agreed months ago that one of the reasons inflation was high was all the government spending. And after we agreed on that, what did the government do? They spent more. Student loans, uh, welfare in terms of the CHIPS Act seems like nothing is sinking in. These numbers aren't better than expected and maybe they should be. And maybe ultimately they're going to start to go back up again because we continue to go back to that well of debt and spending.
0: Every dollar that is given away by Biden and congressional Democrats, every time they're saying, well, you know, we're going to give we're going to dismiss student loans we're going to forgive them. Remember that is, that is spending. That is money being released into the economy. That is a direct, headwind for reducing inflation. And in turn, the independent Federal Reserve is going to do what? Keep raising rates. So you have to think about it this way every time. And I know there are many of you on the left that even listen to this program. And, you know, we don't agree on many things, but you have to understand something. You may it may sound good to give away all this good stuff to, you know, Whatever, whether it's student loan, debt forgiveness, prescription drugs and whatnot, it sounds good. It sounds seductive. But ultimately, it's going to come at the cost of the value of your home. Be prepared to give up equity in your house to pay for all this. This It's gonna come from somewhere. And as rates go up, and I promise you, within a week or two, we're gonna see another big rate hike. And as those rates continue to go up, your home goes down in price. And that is a promise I can make to you. got to take a quick break. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rojovsky, I'll be back in just a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Now, you've probably heard about the story. Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, uh, he went out and uh, was was out uh, out and about somewhere and got himself uh, in the throes of the FBI. Some agents approached him and executed a search warrant for his phone. I have some thoughts about this. You're listening to Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show. So, look... Uh, there is a dragnet right now out for anyone affiliated with trump and you you know there's apparently there's multiple grand juries investigating a lot of different things alleged election interference they're investigating january 6th they're investigating uh, other uh, maybe related crimes to they, they suspect with the documents that Trump had in his is on. I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff. We don't exactly know what is out there. Now, my take on all of this is when we have, at the same time, plain evidence, I'm, I'm, what I mean is just plain evidence of wrongdoing by the president himself, potentially, certainly his son, and his brother, I'm talking about Hunter and Joe Biden's brother, who both were engaged in a play to uh, pay, to play to pay scheme, pay to play. There we go. I'm today is not my day, but anyway, pay to play scheme with various Chinese government officials, and none of that gets investigated by the FBI, and yet they're going after anyone and everyone affiliated. With the MAGA movement. And this particularly after the speech, right? The fiery speech in Philadelphia with the red background where Biden decried the MAGA movement, said it needed to be eradicated and wiped off the face of the earth. Against this backdrop, so Mike Lindell's phone, phone whatever, they're going after Mike Lindell's phone. And I, I, I mean, it's. Again, I, I, I again, it's targeted, right? There's a, they are going after him only because he's a Trump supporter. But what is even more appalling is the story about what the FBI did to just an average American lady. This Lisa Gallagher was on Fox last night, lives in New Jersey. She wakes up at six in the morning to FBI agents, armed agents at her door, knocking on her door. Her daughter wakes her up. She puts her clothes on and she knows she's done nothing wrong. And they go and they are accusing her. They say they've got an anonymous tip that she was at the Capitol on January 6th. By the way, not everyone entered the Capitol building. Of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who attended the the rally that day, it was only a small subset that went and committed crimes. OK, we make this clear, but you are guilty by association. They are chasing down. Regular people that were present at a political rally. Here is her talking to Tucker Carlson. This is Lisa Gallagher. Talking about her experience and it's frightening. I was terrified and I'll be honest with you when my daughter woke me up telling me there were three armed FBI officers at my door. I thought she was joking. And I immediately tried to throw clothes on. I called my husband. I was crying. My knees were shaking. And even though I knew I'd done nothing wrong, after seeing Joe Biden's speech the night before, I thought, oh my God, this is political. And I was frightened. I truly thought they can take me out of here in handcuffs. And I thought I'm in my bedroom. I thought, am I not coming home? So I went outside. And I said, gentlemen, you're scaring me. And they proceeded to tell me that they were given an anonymous tip that I was at the Capitol on January 6th. So you know what happened here, of course. She's got some neighbor, some hater, somebody on her, I don't know, on her Facebook group that doesn't like her Trump-oriented political opinions. And they called in a tip. They dropped a dime on her. And they said, hey, you know what? You got to check out this, This gal, Lisa, she was at the Capitol and that was enough to bring not one, not two, but three agents early in the morning to her house. To question her. See, this is more than a criminal investigation. In my view, this is very, very unsettling. And if you think it's all okay and you think this is all in the pursuit of preserving democracy, let's reverse it. Let's turn it around from big R Republican, big M MAGA, and make it big D Democrat. If a Republican president were going after the supporters of his vanquished opponent in the previous election, determined to make that opponent Well, to marginalize, certainly, and threaten and to intimidate his supporters, would you think that was okay? Because I venture to say you would not, and we would have everyone screaming about this. I do not remember anything like this happening in the history of me being alive and aware of politics in this country, and neither do you. And so, by the way, when CNN was talking about Mike Lindell and his phone getting taken, Mike Lindell, of course, said he was at Hardee's. Listen to this. This is Don Lemon getting into it. Yeah, he was at a Hardee's, I guess, in Minnesota. Uh, and that is where he encountered the FBI. He shared some of these details with my colleague, Evan Perez. He shared some of these details on social media. He shared some of the documents on social media. This all appears to be related to this investigation that has been going on.
1: Did you say a Hardee's?
0: I said, I said a Hardee's. <laughs> Apparently, he was at a Hardee's. And that is where the FBI <laughs> confronted him about needing to search his phone.
1: Ha <laughs> a very interesting detail. Was he inside or at the drive-thru? I'm kidding.
0: I, I believe so, he was at look, the drive-thru. Sarah. They, the liberal elites, have so much disdain for us regular folk. I cannot make it more clear. Hardee's, by the way, those of you uh, who are not familiar, is a fast food restaurant. So imagine somebody making fun of you for being at an Arby's. When the FBI comes up to you demanding your cell phone. Or being at a, I don't know, at an In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A. Was he at a -A? (laughs) Chick-fil-A? Don Lemon at CNN, who, you know, he's a lot better than you. Uh, He knows it. All right, when we come back, half of Americans think U.S. will no longer be a global superpower. What I think of this, you do not want to miss it. Sam Rojofsky, What's Right Show, back in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Sam Marjofsky here the what's right show coming to you from beautiful las vegas nevada yes friends half of americans now think the us will no longer be a global superpower within 10 years is the headline of a poll there's all sorts of other uh temperatures taken on dire circumstances Uh, things like will there be a civil war between the races fortunately less than 20 percent people think that that's possible now i want to talk about this america as a global superpower question because i have for for weeks now here in context of some of the stuff going on uh in ukraine with russia in europe i have spoken at length about the it started in earnest under obama when Obama was elected president, one of the things that he truly believed is that America should not be a superpower. He was embarrassed philosophically by the fact that we were a powerful country and thought of us as a powerful country in a negative context. And I want to roll my sleeves up on this a little bit and permit me to draw on my uh, personal experience growing up as I did, listening to stories from my parents hearing about the way they were raised. So remember, my, my father was born in 1941, so he was uh, born into what was the Nazi occupation of my parents' native Czechoslovakia. My mom was born after the war, my dad during the war. Both my parents grew up under communism. They grew up in a country uh, by the end of the 40s dominated by the Soviet Union, part of the Warsaw Pact and behind the Iron Curtain. My parents grew up, I'm not even gonna use the word understanding, believing, knowing, and having their hearts full of admiration for the United States. For them growing up, this country, the United States of America was a beacon of hope. Flash forward to people grousing about the invasion of Iraq. If you remember, this was after September 11th and Afghanistan. Then, of course, uh, the invasion of Iraq. And uh, I remember somebody told my mother, <laughs> "You can you believe this? The Americans just rolling into Iraq, taking over a sovereign country." My mom told them, hey, I, you know, growing up, I was there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't hope for an American invasion. Of my country, so, you know, it's kind of a a retort of somebody who had grown up with this desire, true desire for America, if anything, to be more of the country. That people like Barack Obama. All the people running the Biden White House right now more of the country that that they actually loathe. See, you have to understand that actually our country is seen largely positively by people around the world. And I know this because I've been fortunate enough to travel extensively. There's a big difference, by the way, between how the elites in foreign countries see us versus how the people do. I promise you that if you are able to talk to ordinary Russians, ordinary Lithuanians, ordinary Germans, even their view of America's overwhelmingly positive. Now, the elites, certainly I'll tell you this in Western Europe, the elites, they, you know, they're not a big fan of America until they need something from us. Of course, that's the asterisk. But for the entirety of my parents' lives, America as a superpower has actually, on balance, been a tremendous thing in this world. a great bringer of stability, conquering the evil empire, the Soviet Union. You know, a lot of people alive today do not remember What an accomplishment that was. And it came from projected strength. It came from Reagan rolling his sleeves up saying, we're going to beef up the military. We are not going to be less America. We're going to be more America. And that's really what my view on all this is. Now, one thing that this study didn't find out is what people's opinion or preferences which I, I wish really I, I'd get into because it, 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 it's, it's an interesting thing to me. Americans, as a group, we are not very well traveled. Most Americans have not been out of the country there. Are, I forget what the statistic is, the number of people who've had a passport, uh, who even have a passport have at any time had a passport. I encourage every one of you, to the extent that you're able, get a passport, go out of the country, find a deal. And they're out there to be found, even in this crazy economy, get a deal, go somewhere, leave the See if, if whether it's Mexico, even Central America. Get out the most important thing, particularly young people need to see is how great this land truly is. And this result of uh, America, America not being a superpower, this is. If this ends up being the case, it is 100% self-inflicted. This is not the result of, of countries out there being better than us, stronger than us. It is the result of we ourselves deciding that we don't want this role and ceding ground to other countries to take it up. If you understand the balance of strength and power and the way that those things inter, interplay with one another, you know that there's, there's you know, if you, if, you, if you give up strength, if you, like Obama did now, Obama's going back and doing it, uh, Biden's going back and doing it again, if you, if you say, look, we, we don't want this role, let's come together as a group of, as a, let's, let's boost the United Nations. There's someone else who will step into that position and take it. China wants nothing more than to become a globally dominant country, and they are doing it. And the results are nothing short of terrifying. It's ironic to me and and, and just and, and frustrating to no end that the very same people in this country, we'll call them the woke left, right? The wokes of wokes want this country to be weakened. And at the same time, these are the people that cannot possibly imagine how unawoke the Chinese communists are. They're turning a blind eye to it. They're so beset by hate and distaste for their own country. That they don't see how evil the world is outside of our borders. You know, I do a lot of appearances on other uh, radio shows around town talking legal issues, mostly on sports. And one of the most uh, interesting question I get uh, frequently asked whether it's well, I'm not going to name the stations, but, you know, sports radio is about this whole thing with the gal, the WNBA player, Brittany Griner, arrested in Russia. This was now 200 or more days ago. It's right at the start of the conflict as the uh, invasion of Ukraine was underway. And I, I keep getting the same questions from the same people. And these are not unintelligent people. And they're they're asking what what rights she has. She doesn't have any rights. It's Russia. <laughs> her main problem was is she as an American left the country for I don't know if it was her first time, but certainly not a well-traveled person or aware. She did a lot of talking about how bad America is and how black lives don't matter to the police and the state. (laughs) She made a lot of political statements leading up to her arrest, none of them particularly flattering about America. And yet she found herself where? In a position where she was on foreign soil and expected to get the benefit of the Great Constitution, great rights and privileges that we have in this country. You know, for all of our faults, even with what's going on now, with Biden and the FBI, this country is not lost. We are a great nation. Our best years can still be ahead, but we have to believe in that. We have to, we have to strive for that. And by the way, this fight right now internally against this politicized FBI, against a politicized Justice Department. This is a righteous fight for us to not be like these other countries, like these other dictatorships where this kind of stuff goes, but understanding at the same time that it still is not nearly as bad as elsewhere in the world and that we cannot cede the high ground and the strength that we have to other nations, particularly actors like China russia and others this to me is such an important topic we don't get into it and yeah i get asked all the time stupid questions about how what legal rights and what this and that and it's no this country has exceptional civil rights and we spend a lot of time talking about how terrible it is and and that i think is part of the problem so i am an optimist friends i remain an optimist and I think, you know, I, I think it's and, and by the way, but I, I'll tell you, this election coming up is consequential tremendously. Now, one of the reasons that this election is so important is because we need to get at particularly the Justice Department, the FBI. We need to we need to have Republicans in Congress. They can call up and subpoena some of these players and also, frankly, get at all of the horse crap that happened around. Covid, and this is we cannot let what the NIH did, what Fauci did, get swept under the rug. And and, and I'll this is we're going to get at this. And 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 I don't know if you saw it today, Senator Rand Paul went after Fauci. I'm going to explain what's behind all of this and why I think Rand Paul's right and he's onto something. And Fauci's squirming. Don't go anywhere. Sam Erjovski, the What's Right show, back in a moment. Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, that's me, Sam Urchofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Uh, the New York Post is writing a piece today on Disney World being broken down, filthy as prices go up, up, and away. I have some thoughts on this because last week when I wasn't here, I had a meeting uh, out in Orlando. I was out there with my wife, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, we ended up taking a uh, day and hit up Disney World together. So I am uniquely positioned to give you my first-hand uh, reaction to this, given I was there last week. I'll tell you, all in all, uh, it was a- exceptional. And I'm a big Disney Park fan. I, I, I enjoy Disneyland, and, and this was my first time to Disney World, and it was, I thought, all in all, spectacular a lot of the gripes out there about Disney World though I don't think are unique to Disney to Florida uh or anything in particular it has to do with this crazy labor market so I read in this piece you know people are saying well you know these these cast members that are working the rides they're just not very effective uh they're not getting into character and there's a great line in here from one of these users that was complaining or visitors that was complaining saying last year when I was here I was blown away with the cast members these are people that work at the park Disney calls them the cast members okay I was blown away with them I go you, you know last year okay we we're coming out of the pandemic things are still kind of in flux they had very limited if you'll remember when the parks opened I think it was 25 percent ocup- uh, 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 yeah it was like 25 percent occupancy limitation and so uh, I am telling you everywhere I go I go back to hotels that I love that are you know that are really high-end top-notch properties uh, we're, here in Vegas it's actually pretty good and uh, we, we're we're fortunate but I've, I've traveled a fair amount across the country and even internationally and hotels that used to be great are, are a little not great right now. And it's there's a lot of new people that are working in positions. They, they don't have the full hang of it. Um, a lot of a lot of people that were at these properties for years and years and really knew them like the back of their hand left, moved. You know, the pandemic was tremendously disruptive. So my my take on this, particularly when we're out and about in town here, we still have to be patient with restaurants. It's they're working out kinks. You talk to any business owner, particularly in the services, uh, you know, food, 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 and entertainment. They'll tell you it's been a tremendously challenging couple of years. So I'm I'm all about patience at this point, and you know I see it I, I see it here in town. People just getting angry at at, at new. Uh, servers and this is this is not who we are we can we can be better so let's just be a little bit patient now uh fauci fauci is in the crosshairs of rand paul here's an exchange today rand paul going after him about royalty payments to researchers and staff at the national institute of health which is the department that fauci runs here is what was said we've been asking you and you refuse to answer whether anybody on the vaccine committees
1: gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. I asked you last time, and what was your response? We don't have to tell you. We've demanded them through Freedom of Information Act, and what have you said? We're not going to tell you. But I tell you this, when we get in charge, we're gonna change the rules, and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from, from what companies, and if anybody on the committee has a conflict of interest, we're gonna learn about it. I promise you that. Yes,
0: bingo. And by the way, I guarantee you that they do. They get, they got money from Moderna, they got money from Pfizer. They got paid off. And it's it's war. it's not really just about the vaccine itself to get out there and say it's effective and safe and everything. By the way, I'll ask you candidly, would you trust a government scientist less? If they're telling you that this vaccine is safe, if you knew at the same time that that person was getting kickbacks in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from the pharmaceutical industry? Because I think for most of us, the answer is yes. We know that if somebody's getting paid, And I'm a lawyer. Look, I do this all the time on the stand. I got a witness. I got somebody telling me, you know, oh, I think X, Y and Z. And I go, well, who's paying your salary? Oh, well, you know, Bob is. Well, okay, you just told me Bob's the greatest person in the world. And the fact that he's paying you 120 grand a year make any difference? Does the fact that the defense is paying you $25,000 to be here in this courtroom influence your testimony in any way? And I look over at the jury and the jury's eyes are wide and big. They're taking that in. You know why? Because we all, as human beings, understand what it's like to be influenced by cash. Now, imagine if we are successful in electing Republicans, hauling all these bozos, including Fauci, up on the stand, getting at things like, for example, what if all that talk, negative talk about ivermectin, for example, was all about the fact that they couldn't get the government the pharmaceutical industry couldn't get an emergency use authorization for vaccines because the only way you can get that emergency use authorization is if there are no other available treatments now i say this because now you can go to the nih website don't take my word for it go to the website nih now says ivermectin is an acceptable treatment No fanfare, no big study released, just quietly added on there, hope we don't, hope they don't notice. Again, let's say Fauci, and not just Fauci, but all the other scientists in that organization, in the government, are getting kickbacks. From Moderna and from Pfizer and from Johnson & Johnson and then are saying, yeah, no, Ivermectin doesn't work. No, none of this other stuff works. No, no, no. it's vaccine or bust, which is what they told us for the better part of a year. Never forget that. Now, all the way back in 95, I found that this kind of stuff was pretty commonplace. There was a uh, Freedom of Information Act request, kind of like the one that Rand Paul's talking about, that was sent in uh, to the National Institute of Health, and it found out that they, the scientists received $8.9 million, this is back in 2005, in royalty payments from pharmaceutical companies. So there's a history of this, folks. It happened then. It's happening now. I guarantee it. I can't wait to get these scoundrels under oath, hauled up into Congress. We'll find out who the real criminals are. It's not that lady who got accused by her neighbor of being at the January 6th protest i'm going to tell you that right now it's not mike lindell the real criminals are these people and they've harmed us irreparably in some cases when this all comes to light oh boy oh boy oh boy well that's the music end of the show go to the podcast what's right show apple podcast spotify you know where to find us and i'll be back here tomorrow at 2 p.m see you then